Don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm not one of of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. You don't seem that happy that you've won. More than you believe. More than you believe I'm happy. It's already sh So you have not to say uh, I saw it was sh So you can try to... Um, yeah, that would help in a game like this. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. Oh, you know already before you ask, that's a sh question. I like that, that, is, that you still ask it. You don't have to, you don't have to. I'm so happy, believe me. I'm so happy, happy new year. Lions, they don't compare themselves with humans. Three for me and two for them. Respect, 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 man, respect, respect. Hi, everybody. Happy Monday. Just kidding. It's a miserable Monday for all of us involved. Uh, this is your favorite podcast, the Touchline Band Podcast, as always. I am your host that you just adore, Leo, a.k.a. the Gutsy Greek, and I'm here with my dude, my favorite United fan. What's up, Bri? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm excited. I won't lie to you. I'm feeling good because we're back to a week of actual real club football the kind of football that matters we're getting into crunch time right at the end of the season this weekend has some incredible matches i know there's a few more euro qualities to go today but i'm just pumped to get back to regular football excuse me the main club competition in the mls has been ongoing through this international break despite all of its tremendous players being out on international breaks so don't don't uh, don't don't shit on the MLS because that's where it's at. <laughs> they're the worst. Have you uh, seen dear. have you seen some of these goals that are going in on the MLS? Yeah. Please yeah, there's give us some, a follow on TikTok. Ones. Please give us a follow on TikTok, the touchline ban. Um, so you can watch some of these incredibly poor goals and the morons that defend them. Okay. Because if you're a defender of the MLS after seeing some of these goals that continue to go in, you are just an embarrassment. You're an embarrassment to humanity, and you suck. <laughs> Emphatically said. Yes, yes. It is, it's It's going to be one of those days, everybody. All right, uh, we got Euro Qualies to talk about. I mean, not a ton of stuff. We got some Euro Qualies tomorrow. I'll let you just kind of take over. Tell me what you got on your mind. Yeah, so obviously we got the uh, finishing up of Euro Qualifiers for today and tomorrow. Uh, I hope all of you jumped on that France line that I – told you about on the last bet because i saw it as low as minus 300 it's coming back a little bit on ireland but definitely if you have the ability i would hammer that uh whether you do money line minus one team total whatever it is um other than that though nothing too exciting from any of the games pretty much just what you'd expect uh from pretty much everything we saw i mean there wasn't too much in the way of upsets i would say that the biggest uh the biggest ones i saw were Wales getting that draw with Croatia and Kosovo getting that draw with Israel. Those were the ones that really caught me off guard. I didn't uh, expect it. But other than that, I mean, pretty much just what you think is going to happen is what happened. Uh, upset of the weekend, though. How about Kazakhstan uh, getting one over on Denmark? Definitely did not see that coming. Uh, yeah, that did, was Did you do that, that on purpose? Wild. Did you do that on purpose? No. You had to remind no. me? I had a yeah. well, I mean, I lost money on it, so it's right in front of me that it's a, a thing I need to mention because I'm all about transparency. Yeah, no, uh, here's your transparency. I had a same gay parlay, I had Holland to score two plus goals, I had Denmark to be winning at halftime, and both teams not to score. 
God tell you, felt really good up 2 nothing when Holland scored those two goals at halftime. Like, I was feeling really good. And then, of course, the soccer gods have to bring me back to reality because it was that yeah. kind of weekend. I got that at 15-1, to 1, buddy. 15-1. to 1. And then Eight. it was just a ridiculous penalty. And then the floodgates <clears throat> open for Kazakhstan. Yeah, it was definitely that kind of weekend. I will, I will give you that. I mean, I got some bad beats that you and I discussed already. But, hey. <laughs> Let's stop talking about international football for uh, in terms of the game lines. Let's talk about something I'm I'm all about because I think the international breaks are really obviously important for, you know, the players, but really important for clubs. It gives an opportunity for them to reassess, especially for the players that are not on international duty, a chance for them to rest. So something I want to talk with you is the international break winners and losers. You know, what squads in the Prem are coming out of this feeling better about themselves and what squads are feeling worse about themselves, uh, you know, or in between. Firstly, you're going to love this. It's no surprise. I got to say the international break winners to me in the Prem are Manchester United and Manchester City, uh, mainly for for two reasons, but the biggest reason is... Their stars in Marcus Rashford and Erling Holland said, you know, they were out with injury. They picked up a knock, but a full two weeks rest is huge, especially for Marcus Rashford, um, you know, because he's been playing so many games. But Erling Holland, you can definitely tell that Manchester City is all in on this UCL push. They're really making their players happy. Also, the players that did go um, out on the international break, be it Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes. Uh, they look good, you know, they looked as good as ever. So you got to be pleased with that. The fact that you're getting, you know, players resting that need to rest and the players that are playing are looking good. I'm going to say that United really comes out on top in my, obviously as a fan, because one Luke Shaw was playing, but got that red card. So he got an extra break. He didn't have to play against Ukraine, got more rest. Also Sabitzer looked incre- has looked incredible. Casemiro, obviously doing great with the Brazilian friendlies, even McTominay with two goals for Scotland in 90 seconds. That was pretty impressive. But the biggest thing is after this international break, we have Christian Eriksen back who having been out for the last, what, like six weeks, two months, is still the leading assist uh, maker on Manchester United. So that shows how much we need him. But Ericsson coming back, Sabitz are coming back, uh, arrested squad, that's fantastic. But I would say City and United definitely came out the winners. Any Anything sticking out to you in that regard? Yeah, I, you took the words out of my mouth. I think both of our teams are really the winners here. Um, you guys get Luke Sean Rashi a little bit of break. Harry Maguire has to be fatigued after playing a couple games, so he's got to sit out a couple months, which always helps. But Manchester City, I mean, listen, Holland is nice and healthy. Uh, De Bruyne, while he played, he didn't work all that hard, he didn't run a ton. And look, and look, you know, it's De Bruyne, he looked as great as ever, yeah. Um, and just overall, players just seem to be getting into good form, not working all that hard, they're doing the right things. So, I totally agree with you. Uh, I'm kind of curious to see who your loser is, though. Well, so I'm going to go with, uh, I do have to give a shout out. Uh, It's not really a win. It's not really a loss, but just kind of treading water. Uh, A little shout out to Arsenal, because from this international break, the person that's really caught my eye is Bukayo Saka. He's had just two incredible games, scored uh, both of them, obviously, but just you know, it's one of those things where it must be really nice for Arsenal fans that this really young talent that's kind of you know, captaining your team in terms of goal scoring and assisting the fact that he's continuing to produce. I mean, you really have a player there who you can look to for the next 10 years um, that you should be excited about. The reason why I'm not saying it's a full winner is because 
I'll tell you for what, I mean, Odegaard looked bad. And I mean bad. But in his defense, that could be, you know, the nature of not having enough weapons around him and all of that. But, you know, it's just Arsenal's players that were on international duty, Granit Xhaka, you know, I mean, some good, some bad, doing all right. But we have some fucking losers. And I mean losers. I'm going to start with the most uh, obvious, but also one we kind of knew. So it's not like the biggest loser in my eyes. but. Boy, do Liverpool, I mean, they had a terrible international break, especially because you have Virgil van Dijk, who's supposed to be one of the best center backs in the world, getting pummeled 4-0 by France. And again, it's France. I get that. But the Netherlands just made a run in the World Cup. They should have been a lot better than that. Cody Gakpo looked absolutely out of his depth. It's just one of those things where when two of your key guys look so bad, the optics are terrible. Liverpool just hasn't been great of late. All they have is that United win. But other than that, it's just they've they've kind of been up and down. Their players are looking old. I mean, Virgil van Dijk got cooked in France. Like, it's just incredible how bad they looked. And I think it's just kind of a, a, a mild condemnment of, uh, you know, Liverpool's squad. I mean, did you did you see any of that France game? It was it was bad. I did, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And uh, credit to me and credit to us, okay? We nailed that game. We told you guys what was going to happen during that game, and that is exactly what happened. France came out and spanked their bottoms like little children on an international stage. It was glorious to watch, and as a uh, Greek supporter, thank you. Really (laughs) appreciate the goal difference there. Uh, Really helped us out. But, I mean, listen, man, we kind of expected it. That's what happened. Yeah, and – the other thing that I, you know, I mean, they play the Netherlands play today against Gibraltar. So you got to expect it's going to be a, a pretty big response. But one thing that you do have to kind of point out is that under Louis van Gaal, obviously, you know, um, a guy that I know well, because he managed United for a short term, but won us an FA Cup. Got to love that. Uh, he, the Netherlands never lost under him. How incredible is that? Three years, four years, excuse me. They never lost a match. They only lost two and they were on penalties. Uh, he never outright lost a match. And of course, their first match without him get drubbed 4-0 against France. Again, putting that out there, it was against France. But when you look at their two main players that the Netherlands have in Virgil van Dijk at the back and Cody Gapko up front, it did not look good. Uh, they look completely out of their depth. I mean... And that just, you know, and and that's just a bad look for Liverpool, I think. But I want to get to the real loser of this international break. And it may pan out. It may be great, but I'm not sure about it. Chelsea. They have spent, we've talked about it. We've talked about it endlessly. We don't need to go over the numbers. They've spent so much money on players. And when you look at the international break, what players did anything, it was bad i mean no player for chelsea had any sort of outstanding look nobody really played that well and in fact the only player who you know really played decently was Zhao felix and he didn't play that great but he played okay and it's just come out that Zhao felix has told he's after the loan he's not going back to italy um or excuse me uh to spain but he says that he wants to stay in the premier league he's not committing to chelsea and he's become a target for both Manchester United and Arsenal. So the one player who did kind of look good for you that plays for Chelsea is now looking to leave. Mm-hmm. And that's just so damning of your squad. And it's not great at all. Also, another player that I thought looked okay, uh, you know, Kovacic, Kovacic. He's gone as well now. 
Chelsea are looking to offload him. And it's like, damn, like, who who is Chelsea really hanging their hat on these days? I mean, Kai Havertz, yeah, know, whatever. He, he's not looking good, but Murdoch didn't look good. I mean, it's just their whole back line is up and down. Uh, Reese James is sometimes good, sometimes bad. I just, I thought Chelsea really came out of this looking bad because it's like, where has all that money gone? We don't see it on the international stage. We don't see it at the club level because at least if they performed well on the international stage, you're like, okay, good. The talent is there. We just need to get the right pieces around. We need the chemistry that's not there yet. But I mean, when you compare it to some of the other squads in the Prem, they just, oof, did not perform. I mean, freaking Yonto, uh, uh, the the Leeds man looked better than they did. I mean, it's just, it's a bad look for Chelsea that you go on an international break with all these new players that you brought in and they still look garbage. Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, you know I love to rag on Chelsea. It's one of my favorite pastimes. I can't stand them. They're, they have a cult mm. uh, of fans. They're all mosquitoes. They're all annoying. Their team sucks. We've known this. Um, so I'm not going to rag on them too much because the team's just not that good. And yeah, and that's, and that's fine. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing. Here's the qualifier for me is that Chelsea season is gone. It's done. It's over with. You suck. You've realized it. Goodbye. Joe Felix, get the hell up out of there and head on over to Arsenal, dude. That's where you belong. Just don't waste your career being a, just being a part of just pure mediocrity yeah. in a group of suck bags that we all hate. Okay. Uh, do not, do not waste your career there, but I digress. The real loser for me is Arsenal. You know why? Because Arsenal is still playing for something. Uh, I don't think their players looked all that great over the international break, but the big problem for them is that there are some rumors coming out of the Norwegian camp that uh, Martin Odegaard may have actually picked up a knock. And if he has picked up a knock, no title goodbye apparently he's still playing tomorrow apparently he's still playing there are rumblings there are small little rumblings nothing too crazy no major publications but enough smoke where you wonder if there's a fire somewhere that he picked up a little bit of a knock i'm curious to see if he even plays tomorrow and if he hasn't if he does not play tomorrow in a must-win game for norway when holland is not there you know it's a significant injury you know that there's a problem and arsenal is doomed wow i'm I'm actually just seeing the tackle from rodri of course it's from rodri as well so you can get That's that funny. like city conspiracy situation but yeah, yeah maybe mean, hey don't forget about our spy Jal Cancelo. yeah i mean you you gotta you gotta say that there's definitely a little bit uh a little bit in that tackle that is not kosher good lord um but yeah. i thought it was a smart tackle Screw yeah, it. I mean, take a red for, a red for it could have gone a lot worse. It could have gone a lot worse. We'll say that. <laughs> okay, so I mean, yeah, I, I didn't think Arsenal's players looked great. I thought that I thought that Shaka had a surprisingly good uh, outing, although he always seems to play well um, on the international stage. But yeah, I mean, Saka, I continue to be a giant fan of his. He looked fantastic. But that leads me, and you kind of led me right in there, so I appreciate that. Good podcasting. Uh, into my slip suspects. Ooh. These are the teams that I'm wondering who do you think is going to slip up now that we're getting into the tail end of the season. Now we're running into the real important monumentous bits. So I don't think that at the minute with a game in hand, City are eight points back. So let's assume they win their game against Liverpool. Mm -hmm. They're, <clears throat> pardon me, five points back. Arsenal's run in is easier in terms of who they're playing. Uh, 
that doesn't mean a huge deal because they're neither of them really have that tough a schedule, but I'm putting City's title hopes to the side for a minute. It's a second part of this, but do you think Arsenal's more likely to slip and lose the Prem to City, or do you think City's more likely to slip and bow out of the Champions League? Because what I've seen is one team that is shaky when the pressure's on and another team who's just gotten back to clinical and i mean clinical winning and uh that's you know arsenal and city respectively what do you think uh let me make this abundantly clear arsenal are not winning the league their fans need to get over this they need to accept this fact i'm very sorry to be the one to break the news to them they're not winning the league and manchester city is winning the champions league and this is not me being a manchester city fan it's about the depth it's about martin odegaard now it's about so many factors, guys. Accept it. It's over. I mean, it's just, I don't see either of those things happening. I don't see Arsenal winning the Premier, and I don't see City blowing Champions League this year. I've said it. Listen, I'm the most pessimistic Manchester City fan you will ever meet. There, last year, I was singing fire pep, fire pep, fire pep. I've had enough of pep. And then Holland comes in and saves the schmuck's job. Okay, for now. Uh, that being said, if we lose the Champions League, Pep needs to get the hell up out of there. Pep is gone. See you later. Bring back Roberto Mancini. Bring in Mourinho. Bring in whoever you need to. Go throw an offer at Tuchel. I got no problem. Whatever you want. I don't care that he's at Bayern now. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, absolutely not. I continue to say people need to get off this Arsenal train, man. It's a cute little story. It's adorable. Good for them. The little engine that good. The engine is about to blow. Okay. Especially if Odegaard is hurt. Because Rodri broke his ankle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that Arsenal are more likely to slip, and I'm gonna agree with you on that one. Just because for and it's two very simple reasons. It's one because Arsenal, all these players are extremely young. They haven't been there. They haven't been to anything this close to a giant, whether it be a title or a Champions League. They, I mean, they haven't been in the Champions League for almost a decade, but like they haven't ever experienced this kind of pressure when we get down to the meat of it. And I think that that's going to get into their psyche. We've seen it a little bit with some questionable performances, which in their defense, they pulled out. And that's usually the sign of a, a good team. But I think now is when we're going to start to see whether or not they have it. And the second part of that is just City have won the league with this group that they have with the exclusion of Holland so many times that it's business as usual. They know how to just turn it on and keep their foot down and really end things business as usual if you know what i mean they don't take things too harshly they don't take things too lightly i think that their experience in this exact situation is what gives them the edge over arsenal especially when you know even being eight points back they still have to play each other i mean this is this is a big situation that i don't think uh you know can be overlooked so i would agree with that also and again this is you know i know you're a city fan but city kind of have a I don't want to say get out of jail free card, but more people would be understanding of them losing the Champions League because one, they've never won it. So it's kind of like that's their MO, go deep, make a run and then lose. So people would just be like, oh, that's what's expected. But also, you know, they they do have a tough bracket draw. I mean, Bayern Munich is, you know, even though this is the softest team we've seen from them in a while, the fact that you have to play them in the second leg in Munich, that's going to be tough. If it was the other way around, I'd be more confident for you. But the fact that you play at the Etihad first next week, and then you come back uh, to play Bayern in the second leg in Munich, I think that's the you know biggest 
biggest trouble that you'll run into. And then, you know, Real Madrid, they're they're the English killers, man. I mean, that's what they do. They kill. I think Prentice. that's so overrated, though. I think that point is so overrated about the second leg. I mean, listen, it's a big thing if it's the what do you call it? If he if we still had the away goals, like yeah, yeah, then I believe it. Like it's a big deal. But in reality, dude, like no, no, because if Manchester Manchester City, my prediction next week is Manchester City comes out wins that game three nothing. And they are going to absolutely obliterate and humiliate Bayern Munich, who now have a new manager. And listen, there's usually that new manager bump, and that's lovely. That's cool. You have Tuchel that kind of understands Manchester City. But, dude, no, no, sorry. You can't go into such a high-pressure situation. And I believe it's going to be their second game after the international break. You can't go into the second game of an international break where and just go play the best team in the world in their stadium and say hey go get them guys you guys got it especially when it's one of the weakest teams that we have seen in Bayern Munich I mean it is just not going to happen Manchester City are going to come out they're going to curb stomp them Chupa Moting's finally going to get exposed for sucking as much as he does you know what Chupa Moting belongs back at Chelsea that's where he belongs yeah well I mean the international break was a lot of rest for a lot of other players as well, namely Sadio Mane, who will be at full strength for that game. Uh, but I, I would I would bet a whole lot that City are not going to beat them 3-0. However, a win is definitely on the cards. Um, I just think when you go into one of the most hostile atmospheres in world football, which is going to Bayern Munich, uh, the Allianz Arena, you know, it's it's like going to Old Trafford. It's like going to the Yellow Wall in Dortmund. It's like their fans get behind them in a way that really thrives. You wouldn't know about that being a City fan, but yeah, it definitely can help out. Um, so yeah, all right. Well, we're both in agreement. I, I think Arsenal slip up. Uh, we'll see what happens. Moving on, the next slip, this is my last one. Uh, do you think it's possible that Liverpool go top four this season? No. Yeah. I think... This is officially that point now. I think the loss to Bournemouth was the final nail in the coffin, but just their next three games, their next three games are away at City, away at Chelsea, and at Arsenal. Yep. Or excuse me, and at home to Arsenal. It's like that. I mean, that's just a gauntlet to go through immediately. And obviously, they're not in a good way right now. Their players aren't looking great. And their first game back after the international break is a City team that's clicking on all cylinders at the minute holland with a bunch of rest that's tough and then going to chelsea where i'm not saying stanford bridge is a tough place to go and play but the way that they play uh you know it's going to be a gross i could see a nil nil one one game and then obviously arsenal are the best way you know uh best traveling team in the league this season so going to anfield you know should not be that big of a test for them uh i got four slips for you uh, Liverpool, I do not think are getting top four. I think they'll okay. probably finish fifth or sixth. Um, four slips. Arsenal, obvious. I've gone into it, and their slip okay. is going to be from first to second. Nothing too drastic, but I do expect them to slip. Um, another team that I expect to slip, Tottenham. I thoroughly mm. expect them to just completely fall apart at this point. Antonio Conte, after his just annihilation of management and the players. And, and departure. Club, Yep, I I don't see Tottenham actually like actually pulling it together and being able to get into the top four, especially the way that they collapsed in their last game to crush my soul against Southampton. Um, another slip that I have now, 
This isn't going to be an overly meaningful slip, but it's still a slip. Uh, Fulham. Fulham have been good all year. They're currently in ninth. That team is mentally capitulated. They are done. They are done. They'll probably finish 14th or 15th. Mitrovic obviously suspended for a bit now. Willian is going to be suspended for a minute. Who knows if um, Marco Silva is going to be suspended. And then one last slip. Uh, Everybody's darlings. Listen, man, this team captured our hearts. Lesser gone. Lesser heading back to the championship. I said it. I believe so. I said it a month ago on this podcast, man. I just, I don't see it. West Ham is too good to go down. Everton are too good to go down. Leeds are too good to go down. That's really just going to leave us with Leicester, Nottingham uh, for that final relegation spot. And listen, I don't like Nottingham. There's nothing I'd love more than to see Maranaiki back in the championship because he's a rat and he's a he's a horrible human without me using other vulgar language. Um, but this Leicester City team is just, it's been in shambles all year. Defensively, they're, they're a disaster. Offensively, they haven't been that good. Jamie Vardy is now 57 years old, apparently. Um, I, I think it's time for them to go back down, kind of rebuild their stuff. And uh, yeah, uh, that's yep. those are my slips. I think that's actually something, a really good point that uh, I didn't think to bring up. But in general, I would fade Fulham in a lot of games upcoming. We'll talk about it on Friday's show. Yep. Uh, but I, I am looking ahead and seeing a lot of opportunity to fade them um, because not only is Mitrovic, I think you, you really nailed it on the head. I'm, I, I'm glad you brought this up. He's facing potentially a 10 match ban. That would be a majority of the rest of the season. He that might is get the rest a, of the season, yeah. Well, he might get a couple of games at the end. It depends on if they uphold the 10. Uh, obviously, like you said, Willian is going to be out for minimum three games because of an intentional handball off the line. Um, but another thing people aren't talking about is Marco Silva is facing a touchline ban, uh, yeah. which is also a very tough thing for a squad like that where your manager is so heavily involved, which Marco Silva is. And um, a great podcast name. Yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, he's facing a touchline ban of uh, two to three games potentially. So I think we're really going to see them struggle over the course of their next few games. And when you look at what their schedule is, it's really important for them. I mean, their next three games are relegation six-pointers. Bournemouth, uh, away at Bournemouth, and then at home against West Ham, then away at Everton. I mean, it, and then and then uh, at home against Leeds. It cannot be – the next four games are all relegation six-pointers. Yeah. And I think this is a place where we see – them fall apart maybe not to Bournemouth but you can bet your ass I'm betting on West Ham I'm betting on Everton and I'm betting on Leeds against them because without Mitrovic without William and potentially without their manager on the sidelines that's going to be a tough call I think that's a fantastic fantastic call from you couldn't agree more um who do you think's going top four then if Tottenham are falling out Newcastle Brighton Newcastle Newcastle Newcastle, Newcastle, Newcastle. Said it again. I it took me about ten games to get into it. I know that they're not exciting, they're not exhilarating, but hey, that Alexander Isaac uh, comeback is the difference yeah. maker for them. You see them moving forward. They're moving forward with a purpose now, with an idea of what they want to do. They have the guy that they want up front. Yeah. Uh, Alexander Isaac, his price is just skyrocketing every time he touches the field. Um, I really like what Newcastle are doing. And Newcastle's schedule down the stretch is not murderer's row. Keep in mind now, they are two points behind Tottenham right now, but they have two games in hand. Okay, And only three points behind United, and we play them uh, this Sunday. So, you know, yes. they could be level on points. They could be in uh, the third place come Sunday if they win because of goal difference. Yeah, I mean, and again, you look at this, and it's 
outside of that game against Manchester United, which they have at St. James's Park, which will inevitably be rocking. They get West Ham, who haven't been good, uh, away to Brentford, home to Aston Villa, home to Tottenham, which is going to be the biggest game they've played in years, away to Everton, home to Southampton, home to Arsenal, away to Leeds, home to Leicester, and then away to a shitbag Chelsea side that will inevitably have quit by then. Uh, I'm all over Newcastle. I can't wait to see this team in the Champions League. I love everything about Newcastle, dude. Ever since that movie, Goal, like... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I shout love out it. alan Shearer. his cameo in that is great yeah yeah tremendous movie yeah i think i hey i i like newcastle i'm definitely not looking past this game at the weekend against them i think united are definitely slip candidates in terms of third or fourth place i think they'll be able to hold on to top four uh because their run-in isn't too difficult but uh, again i mean get top four you guys will finish third come on yeah i mean in april though it's again playing 10 games in april and that's you know not even if we go on in Europa and, and FA Cup. So it's it's very, very tough uh, running. We, I mean, and the scheduling, fuck the Prem. We pay, play Sunday, Wednesday, Saturday. Why wouldn't you do Saturday, Wednesday, Sunday? That just doesn't... Just doesn't stop complaining about this. I'm, you... I'm over it. I don't care. I just like, I it's one of those things something. like, it doesn't to... make sense. Listen, I... I, I will I... say this though. I was, They're doing everything they can to help Arsenal out. It's extremely oh, frustrating. Yeah. I, but let me tell you this, like, I, I like you a lot. You're my buddy. You are, you're a good United fan. You're not like miserable to deal with. But let me just tell you, when you complain about the schedule and having to play every three days, dude, you sound like a team that hasn't been here before. Like Manchester City have been playing every three to four days nonstop for the last 10 years with the not same true. guys out there. Not oh, true. dude, it's totally true. Come on. No, Come it's not. On. They've- They've only had one year where they've been in three competitions for more than more than past the fucking knockout stages. Like we what have you been about? in every competition for Look the back, last bro. decade, dude. Yeah, stop back. complaining about. Oh, I'm not complaining. Every three to four days in our point, you sound like you're building in excuses. Like you expect a collapse. You have finished your Premier League season. You have finished third. Congratulations, tremendous. Go build on it for next year. You got third this year. Newcastle ain't catching it. Tottenham ain't catching. I hope Tottenham gets relegated at this point. Like I am loving the drama there. Um, you guys are gonna go get Victor Osimhen. Are you gonna go get Harry Kane? Like I see that look in your eye. What are you looking up? Oh, I'm just I'm looking at uh, the next thing that I'm going to mention. Oh, in that case, mention it because I don't want to yell at you too much because I'm cranky. No. We won't be friends. No, 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 don't, don't. It's all good. Uh, all right. So moving on from there, we've kind of discussed the league. I want to talk to something that you you brought up the other day, and I really I'm interested to see what you think here. So, if I asked you, I'm going to do a Premier League only, Premier League only. Give you three guys. Who would you trust? Twenty minutes left. You have to get a result to come on and score a goal with 20 minutes left. We're leaving out Holland because I think as, you know, one of the best strikers that we've seen in a long time, but also just the way that he affects games. I'm leaving him out. He's clearly the best striker in the Premier League. No questions asked. Mm -hmm. So in the Premier League, you got 20 minutes left. You have to get a result. Who are you more willing to trust to bring on? Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Bukayo Saka. To score a goal or, or other or other. Is there anyone else you can think of? Those are the three most prolific in my mind in terms of like, who's a, who's a attacking player that is just kind of at the top of their game right now. Those are the three that really stand out to me, but in the prem only. 
Here's my question. Do they have to score the goal or can they create the goal? I mean, score. That I mean, that's what we're talking about here. I guess let's let's do both. How about right. create goal? Get a penalty, right. assist a goal, whatever. Right. This will be a nice like start bench cut here. Uh, for me, to score the goal, to score the goal, I am going to – Harry Kane gets third place in this. Uh, I'll elaborate that a little bit more. Bakai Osaka, the form that he's in, he's going to get second. I don't think that's really debatable. Number one has to be Marcus Rashford because he's playing out of his mind. He has been scoring goals at a ridiculous clip. And Marcus Rashford, outside of like one bad season he had for United, he's the son of Manchester. I mean, the kid has been special since the second he walked out for Jose Mourinho. Um, I I love Marcus Rashford. Bakai Osaka, though, he's a close second because he's got that knack for being in the right spot. Close second. I always talk about it. Yep. Yep. And he's also capable of scoring golazos like he scored the other day. Mm. Uh, so don't don't sleep on Bakayo. Uh, for me, Harry Kane is going to be third. There's no doubt about this. I mean, I get it. He's the best goal scorer in English history. They, he's the top goal scorer for Tottenham. He has a massive price tag. You know, he's played in games. Woo! When's the last time that guy scored a big goal? When? It's a serious question because I get a lot of hate for this take. When is the last time Harry Kane scored a big goal in a big game that changed the result of the game? I think that's the difference, though. His big goal, he's scored a few winners, etc., but it's yeah. in a game that means something. That's the biggest thing for me. And you brought this up, and this is what I'm getting at, is when it comes to Harry Kane, it's like, I, I like to call it the mirage of Harry Kane. He is an incredible goal scorer. He has six seasons in the Prem scoring 20 goals or more. Yep. That's absolutely incredible. And I didn't notice until I just looked it up. Tottenham uh, are the third highest scoring squad in the Prem. That's, again, very impressive. I had no idea about that. And he's obviously a massive part of that. But his goals come across as just meaningless fodder because he never wins anything. And obviously, it's a team sport. You got to do that. But the fact that in his entire tenure, since he joined the club uh, in, in the academy in 2008, I believe it was. So over 15 years of Harry Kane, he has zero trophies. Not a Carabao Cup, not an FA Cup, obviously not a league or Champions League, Europa League, Conference League, whatever the fuck. They have nothing to show for one of the greatest ever British goal scorers. And I'm fucking absolutely exhausted with people saying that they would take Kane over Rooney because that's just like... When you have when you have other players from other leagues around the world that have never played with or against Wayne Rooney talk about how they are like terrified to go up against him when they meet him in the Champions League and whatnot, that's a real player. Nobody says that about Harry Kane. Why? Because they're not afraid. Because what's he going to do in the biggest moments? Lose. That's what Tottenham do. And this isn't as much about Kane, but it is one of those things where you kind of have to a little bit put an asterisk on his goal scoring uh records because of the fact that they just don't mean anything they've never amounted to anything and that's the biggest problem uh it's not a little asterisk it's a massive asterisk it's listen man it's all about winning and when you're supposed to be one of the best players in the world you're there to win and a perfect example of it is holland and holland 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 i know everybody's sick of me talking about holland but guess what 
Manchester City played a big game. Manchester City are known for choking out of the Champions League to teams like Leipzig. Similar teams. I told you here, I was nervous about that game. What does Holland do? Holland says, don't worry, buddy. Don't worry about a thing. Holland's here. Here's not one, not two, not three, not four. Five goals in a game to get you to relax. And you know what? The um, the game against Arsenal, who scores the go-ahead goal? Holland. Who sets up the go-ahead goal? Holland. Who's there every time Manchester City need a goal? Hollins. Can you really say the same about Harry Kane? No. And this is a very serious thing. And anybody listening to this podcast, one, thank you for listening. Number two, tweet me the last time Harry Kane scored a big goal. Because I can tell you the last time he scored a goal was that amazing curler that he had. I believe it was five years ago against Arsenal that cashed a ticket for me. And I don't believe Tottenham even won the game. Okay, so I'm really sick of this, and I just can't stand Tottenham anymore. I can't stand it, and I love Antonio Conte. Blew them up and said, screw you all. You want to blame me? You can all get on all fours, open wide, and let it soak in your mouth, okay? Great job, Antonio Conte. Um, And Harry Kane, I don't even want you to leave Tottenham. That's where you belong. You're a mediocre striker. You miss every massive opportunity. You're overrated as Tottenham have always been. I mean, it's just, I'm sick of it. You know what? You know who's another player that we saw with? Deli Ali. And we saw with him. He was another perfect example. He sure he had some cool moments. When's the last time he did anything in a big game for Tottenham? Nothing. That magical run that they had to the Champions League final. You know who did it? Lucas Mora. Lucas Mora. That's who brought you to the Champions League final, everybody. It was not Harry Kane. It was not Deli Ali. Deli Ali is where he belongs in Turkey. Stay there, dude, on the bench. Go <laughs> Istanbul, homie. Yeah. I mean, and also you bring up Holland, and, and it is one of those things where you look at how young Holland's career is, but he already has, granted, in the Austrian league, but two league titles. And he with Dortmund won the German Cup. So it's like that German FA Cup. So it's like, He's done that. Not only has he done that already, but he's done it with lesser squads. You know, like RB Leipzig in Austria, or excuse me, um, Salzburg in Austria. Obviously, they're they're pejorative favorites uh, most years. But with Dortmund to go and win the German league, you you got to beat some serious sides. Again, it's just the fact with me, Harry Kane has never done anything that has led his team to serious victory. And that's the biggest thing that I look at. And especially as a United fan, when we're talking about bringing him in, uh, him versus Osman, because I definitely don't want both of them. Uh, <laughs> I, I just, I just can't. I just can't side with Harry Kane because of the fact that it's like I he's he is prolific. And maybe if he goes to Real Madrid or or some other squad like that, all of a sudden he'll just start winning left and right. But I've not ever seen it from him, that killer instinct, that desire to just put the fucking foot down and get the goal when you need it. Let me tell you what it is with Harry Kane. It's the English bias, okay? It's the same thing that we have been talking about with Jack Grealish. Jack Grealish ain't worth $100 million, dude. I love Jack. Jack has been brilliant for us this season, possibly our third or fourth best player. He is not worth $100 million. Harry Kane is not worth that much, but, oh, look at him. He's a good little English lad. He plays for the, he plays for the yeah. three Lions. He scores goals against Panama. Yay, Harry Kane. We love him. Same thing with Jack, dude. He's not worth it. Go get Victor Osimhen. Go get a real striker. But I will love the fact if he goes to you guys and he's not that good, 
I can't wait for the excuses to pour in because you know that they're gonna. It's gonna be, oh, poor Harry. Harry wasted his time, all of his prime with Tottenham, and they could never figure it out. And now he's over the hump, and now he's getting older. Now he's just not that good. He's not yeah. that good. He's not Holland, unfortunately for you. Okay? Yeah. Sucks to suck, yeah. people. Go get Victor Osiman. This is what I don't understand. That's what I, I'm hoping to God, yeah. And you know what? It's like Declan Rice. Declan Rice is about to be the next one. Okay. Yeah. I like Declan Rice. He's perfectly fine. He's not, he's not a game changer. He's not yeah. Stevie G. He's not Frank. He's not a hundred million pound player. I'll tell you that much. He's a 50 million at most. And most like, I'm not even paying most. for that on FIFA after I just got a financial takeover. Like it ain't happening, dude. I'm not spending that much money on Declan Rice. Like, he's not that good. Harry Kane's not that good. Jack Grealish isn't that good. So you guys can't tell me I'm just a hater. Like, no, these English players are not worth it. If I ran an English team, I would do exactly what Newcastle did. Go for him, okay? Yeah. Go for him. Go get a Sven Botman. Do you know how much money Sven Botman would be worth if he was English? Woo, 200 million, he'd be the next Van Dyke. This is, this is the last thing this is the last thing i want to say about kane because i i've recently been getting into it with people on social media and i it's my fault that i'm engaging this but people are saying like oh he's so clutch for england and all of that they they say well, oh he's tough for england fault. he's hold on hold on, hold on hold on what do you it's mean you can't set me up like that and then tell me hold on wait I, i'm about to explain to you what i'm saying go is people are fast to say oh it's tottenham's fault that harry kane hasn't won anything versus what he does for England is he's so incredible. So I want to take you back to the biggest moment in English football in recent years, which is Euro 2020, right? Played in 2021. Let's look at the semifinal and the final. In the semifinal, Denmark goes ahead 1-0. This is fucking Denmark. Like, don't get me wrong, they're a good side, but it's Denmark and you're England. Mm -hmm. They go ahead. The first goal for England was an OG. Kier fucking gets his leg to it, unfortunately, on a cross. But then you can say, oh, an extra time. Harry Kane scored the winner, scored the winner. Yes, he did. He did. And I will give you that. But you know how he scored the winner? Because his fucking penalty was saved and it <laughs> rebounded right to him and he puts it in. Don't get me wrong. You got to be there and you got to score it. But what I remember is Harry Kane being given a chance to make it all happen. And the guy gets his fucking penalty saved and it just happens to come right back to his foot. That is not to me impressive. And then you look at the final. Who scored? Your boy Luke Shaw in the second minute. And I'm just shout out me, pat on the old back. I actually had that as a, a prop bet, Luke Shaw to have a shot on goal. I didn't have him to score, but God dang, cash that in two minutes. Luke Shaw scores. What'd you do for the rest of the time there, Harry? Fuck all. Through 120 minutes, you did nothing. And then you score your penalty, and then you know it comes down to Rashford and Saka and Sancho having terrible penalties. But I put that entirely at Gareth Southgate's feet because he brought Rashford and Sancho on in the 120th minute. Go fuck yourself, Gareth Southgate. But it's like you can't tell me he's clutch. You can't tell me that he is. You know, oh, he he does so incredibly for England. It's like when it matters most, the Euro final, the Euro final, 120 minutes, and he does nothing. Luke Shaw was more effective as a striker in that game. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm you saying. Sorry, I interrupted you. It's okay. Uh, you make tremendous points. Let me ask you this question, though. Who gets blamed more for missing a penalty kick? Bakayo Saka in the Euro final? Harry Kane missing the penalty against France? 
Oh, I, I would say Jaden Sancho and Bukayo Saka have suffered so much in Marcus Rashford, so much racial abuse, so much turmoil. I mean, you can see what it did with Jaden Sancho. I mean, he had to take some time off. Like he was, he was so negatively affected because of like wild, wild stuff people were sending him, you know, via social media and online and all that. People were condemning the, they were saying, get these, you know, N words out of here and all this racial stuff saying they should be killed, saying, I'm going to come and get you and your family. Absolutely. Yeah. Harry Kane gets none of that. Why? Because he's white and English. I mean, I, I just the fact that I haven't, you don't really hear that much about Harry Kane missing that penalty, which bothers me to no end. It's a penalty, bro. It's a penalty. But that's two, but that's two missed penalties right there. Like, you, you and I talk about you missing didn't penalties. Get it on target. And you're a $100 million player? Dude, you have zero testicles. You have no testicles, bro. You're sitting there. I mean, like, you got castrated in front of an international audience. Your former teammate got in your head so much you couldn't even hit the mark. And you're a $100 million striker? No, dude. You're over, you know where Harry Kane belongs? Chelsea. That's where he belongs. <laughs> He belongs yeah. at Chelsea with the rest of the suck bags, with their mosquito fan base, their stupid cult that can just shove him down our throat nonstop. And you know what? I just, I hate Chelsea. I'm so sick of them. I'm so sick of Harry Kane. Like, I just hate everybody. Also, the <laughs> death threats, everybody, that's enough of that shit. Okay. That's all oh, that only happens in Greece. And also, I love how in Greece, bombs go off outside the stadium. People die every time there's a big game. You never see it in the news. You saw it once in CNN because like 30 of them died, but that's pretty much it. It is accepted there. I love it. It's Damn. a beautiful atmosphere to watch a game. Uh, and can people like stop being racist, please? Like, come on, guys. Yeah. Like, like, let's just get just over stop? that. Stop. Stop with the racist stuff. I mean, I get it, dude. Like, sometimes, like, you no, know, like, it's just even in a joking form, like, it's not cool, but like, I'm so sick of people being racist and like, it's the older group too. Like they just shut up. And like, if you're going to be racist, just dig a hole and jump in, do the world a favor, bathe with a toaster. Okay. That's not racist. That goes for everybody. If you're a raging racist and you want to make black people's life hell, Hey, do the world a favor, but just dig a hole and jump right on in. Okay. Nobody will miss you. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, especially when it comes to footballers who like the if they had scored it, you'd be putting their poster up in your room. And because they don't, you decide to go down that racial path. So get fucked. But anyway, uh, enough of Harry Kane. We're talking about big game players and I want to do this. I want to end on a positive note. Yes. So when we're talking world football, I want to give you another trio. And I know your answer already, but I got to say it again. Same parameters. Bringing them on 20 minutes left to score a goal not just create the chance to score a goal, to get it done. I need a goal and you need to do it for me. Who are you taking? Mbappe, Holland, or Victor Osman in his current form? <laughs> I mean, I know your answer, but I have to ask Here's in public so people can hear it. Here's the thing, you you slide sheet, you snake. <laughs> you have Mbappe playing for France with actual talent around him. And then you have Holland playing for Norway. No, I'm talking about not in world football. Sorry, I mean outside of the Prem. I'm talking about Mbappe, PSG. PSG need a dub. City need a dub. Oh, you know, Napoli need a dub. Who are you bringing on? Oh, don't be ridiculous. It's Holland. It's Holland. It's Holland. Expand, expand on that for me. Like, because I wonder, like, has he ever, I, I don't see the, the. Has he ever what? Has he ever been in a situation where you need a goal late? 
you guys are ahead by so much so often that it makes me wonder like, oh, what happens right. in crunch I'm time? sorry. I'm sorry that we beat our opponents so badly that we don't have the answer to this question. I'm so sorry that we are so successful and so dominant that we that it's boring at times. My sincerest yeah. apologies. We'll try and make it a little bit more interesting next time. Please do. Hey, how about that game against Arsenal, though, when it was tight late in the Emirates? And uh, who scores the goal? I don't who know. Scored? Who created it? Who who had a blatant penalty miss because the referees are doing everything humanly possible to ensure Arsenal win the league? Who was that? Was that Holland? I think it was. I think yeah, it was. There you go. And you know what? If we're talking internationally too, like, do you, uh, but then again, Mbappe plays in a fucking farmers league. He plays against you know. I can't wait till he leaves. I hope he does. But at I the mean, minute, you can only you know you can only. Uh, it's go it's all about Holland, dude. It's Holland's. Holland's the greatest striker of this generation. He he's probably the greatest striker we're ever gonna see. Uh, it is an honor to see him wear the baby blue, and he I, I love him. I love him. I'm gonna be so sad if he ever leaves. I hope he never leaves. I hope yeah. that all of the oil money, like every time I get gas, I think to myself, I hope this goes into Holland's pocket. <laughs> that is definitely a uh, a nice way to enjoy spending money. I won't yes. lie to you. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. So, and that and that leads me to ask this, and maybe you know your answer is the same. But who do you think is the most clutch player in world football, like in general, in club, like you know, at the club level? I never talk about international because it's so like international is like the NCAA tournament. Like there's always going to be some Cinderella that goes far, not based on talent, just based on like Iran. Like the, the fact they made it so far in the World Cup is is crazy because the talent isn't there, but it's just belief and getting the right day or whatever. But in club football over a period of time, who do you think is the most clutch player? Oh, man. Currently. Because otherwise, it's obvious. You got to say Ronaldo or Messi, depending on your preferences. I'd say Ronaldo, but like currently. I mean, if you're going to take in club football, I mean, that kind of eliminates Mbappe, Messi, Neymar. That eliminates those guys. And we're talking about getting a goal. We're talking about like just their team has won more games because of their heroics than anything else. I'm going to tell you, dude, I don't think this answer is what everybody goes with. But for me, it's KDB. It's got to be Kevin De Bruyne, man. Every time there's a big game and like he's not necessarily the one scoring the goals, but he's the one controlling the pace of the game. He knows when to speed it up, when to slow it down. Uh, he can create, he can shoot, he can do anything you need him to do. I think the answer for me is clear cut. It's Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, there's no questions asked in my head. Like every time I see him on the field, I know what I'm getting out of him. Interesting. And like, and every time there's a big game, there's never really a player like uh, Ingolo Kante or like a Casemiro or anybody like that. Hmm. That makes me say like, yeah, yeah, he can contain KDB. Like, no, I don't, I don't feel that way. I feel like when KDB's at his best, he's the best. Like, yeah. there, there's nobody close to him. And like, how many players can you really say that for? Because there's always been somebody that can offset a player, right? Hmm. Um. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's Kevin De Bruyne. What about you? It's an interesting one. So, like, obviously, this is not my answer. Just total bias. Recently, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, I want to say Marcus Rashford, and then I was thinking about it. Like, he does get a lot of clutch goals. Like, we need a goal. He's the one who gets it. Happened against Barcelona. Happened against Manchester City. You yeah. know, I, I think that's incredible. But I think the one that really sticks out to me, especially if you take the last couple of years and even this year, is strangely enough, it, it feels like Kareem Benzema. Like ah, he, just, yeah. he just 
unexpectedly i mean he's never going to be in that talk of like you know the greatest of all time or anything like that but he just knows when to get a goal it's incredible how many goals he has that are won in the last 30 minutes of a game but also once he scores it completely changes the tide of the game and then it just becomes this onslaught of madrid like he has so many goals that madrid are down one nil and be at the 50th minute the 60th minute he scores and then all of a sudden madrid win like 4-1 it's just like his ability to instantly affect the game is incredible. And he does it with goals, not with like with Mbappe, what we saw with PSG, for example, when he came on against Bayern Munich with 20 minutes left, he instantly changed the game, completely affected. It really should have had a goal. You know, there was an offside by an inch type of thing. And he completely changed the game. But at the end of the day, he didn't get the goal. Benzema does, you know, and it, it's just it, it boggles my mind how nothing really seems to affect him at all. Um, you want a fun fact about Kareem Benzema? Tell me. His last 10 Champions League goals have come against English opposition. I mean, I brought that up earlier. Did you really? Yeah, I was saying that Madrid are the English killers. Oh, no, no, no. Like 10 goals. His last 10 goals in the Champions League have come against England. Yeah. Like that's freaking bananas, dude. Yeah. He's he's a quality player and like I feel like because of the fact that he played so long with Ronaldo and and even Gareth Bale and he continues to play with Tony Cruz and Luka Modric it's like he never gets the full shine but damn I mean he's just been incredible he's kept that team afloat pretty much single-handedly the last couple of years as they solidified their new young core who are incredible the fact that I heard that Kamavinga is a United target is just like it's got me way too excited. I need to calm down because I don't think it'll happen because why would he leave Madrid? But like, oh my God, if we got Camavinga and Osaman, holy shit. Mm-hmm. That would be sick. That would be sick. But we need to sell the club first and it looks like that's not going to happen. So we may get nobody and be in the same place we were this year. Do tell, do tell. I thought I thought they were getting closer with the, uh, with the oil people. It's all, it's all bullshit. The Glazers aren't going to sell. You know what's happened in the last month other than, you know, not selling the club? Mm-hmm. The stock price has gone up by over 20%. And the reason why is because people think that there's going to be a new oil billionaire owner and the club's going to start winning all the time. So people are buying stock, but that doesn't affect anyone except the Glazers who are just pocketing all that cash. Like it's just, they're fucking scumbags. I, I, Everything I just, I've read though, they're, they're actually, they're actually selling this. Like when, only, where, where, where have they ever said we're ready to sell? The only soccer reporter I actually genuinely believe is Fabrizio Romano. That guy is the best. And when I hear him say, here we go, it gets me going every time. Uh, But he's come out and he said, this is a real thing. They're actually going to sell the club. And I heard that you guys are leaning toward taking the oil money, which I think is obviously the smart way to go. Um, Yeah. Seeing already what happens with Manchester City, Newcastle, like, dude, oil money is great. I mean, I want... I I would prefer that because at the end of the day, like us not doing that for some political or, 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 you know, morale, morality oh, reason. It's like any billionaire, any billionaire. Let me touch on that. 
I'm sorry. Let me touch on that. Yeah, For yeah. all you righteous people that say, oh, it's oil money. Oh, you can't do that. Oh, what about the women's rights? What about this? What about that? Dude, fuck right on off. How about this? Why don't you focus on not being a shithead to your wife? Do you think if we interview your wife, she's going to tell us what an angel you fucking are? Okay, buddy. If it's between being happy with Manchester City and enjoying all this oil money and enjoying watching Holland play or, you know, watching... Uh, I can't even remember his name. Oh, the guy that played for us for years. Scott Sinclair and other shit bags play for Manchester City. Hey, guess what? Bring me the oil money. Because, you know, at the end of the day, like, they're still going to invest money somewhere. Okay? They're still going to be alive. It's not like we're killing off terrible people. They might as well bring you some freaking joy. Okay? Yeah. Get off your moral high horse. Kiss my goddamn ass. And you know what? Oh, I hate you people. And if you know what? Those people too that love to stand by, oh, don't don't support the oil money. I'll see you driving a Tesla. Okay, numb nuts. Yeah, I mean, there's there's that kind of stuff, and I would love to be that type of person who had the moral high ground. But no, I I, I fill my car with gas. But also, and and this is part and parcel with being poor, is like <laughs> I, I I do believe that you don't become a billionaire by being a good person. No. So. I mean, anyway, let's move on from that. I hope the Qataris buy Manchester United, but at this point, I just don't care. Anybody but the Glazers, anybody but the Glazers, whether it's Radcliffe, whether it's this new guy that's like, hey, if every fan puts in $3, we can buy it all ourselves, whatever. I don't give a fuck. Just get the Glazers out, get in somebody that's willing to spend money. But yeah, I mean, if we get Kamavinga in, I'd be excited. But until until the Glazers actually accept a bid, I, I don't believe it's happening. They they are they are suck bags. Uh, they should have bought in Chelsea. That would have been great. Ah, that would have been so dope. <sighs> Lost Damn opportunities. It. We got anything else today? No, no. I mean, we got got it all covered. The only other thing is uh, being excited about this upcoming weekend of uh, actual real football. But we're going to talk about that on Friday because Brian and I need to go suffer through a French game that we both have absurd amount of money on, yet it's yeah. still 0-0 here in the 35th minute. Yeah, good at the minute. Let's go. Hello, we need a goal. All right, people, we're out of here. We're going to go watch this and lose all of our money. Make sure you guys join us on Friday. Follow us on TikTok, Touchline Band Podcast. We are out. Peace.